0: This podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 12 of season two of This Osteopathic Life. Today's episode focuses on boundaries. And before we get fully started, I'd like to take a moment to reflect on the day, this the 10th of May, 2020, Mother's Day, and send gratitude and love out to my own mom, to my children who make me a mom, to all those figures in my life who have served a mothering role, and extend to all of you listening, peace, love, joy, support, and however this day shows up in your life. I was reflecting on the first blog post I wrote under Mama Tridoc back in 2015, exactly on this day, which was also a Mother's Day in that year, and it focused on living the dream, a concept, a question we pose to one another in our household in various ways, you for the daily and the seemingly mundane to the big ideas and hopes for our lives. And one for me has truly been the experience of this osteopathic life coming to various levels of fruition, the podcast certainly being one, the websites, the events, and it's stepping into a new space of tangibility. And it does feel like a maternal experience, nurturing this idea, watching it blossom and grow, seeing how it might mature. And I thank you for joining me along the way. And I encourage you to consider in your life what idea you might be gestating, that you might be birthing, that you might be nurturing, that you might simply be marveling at as it's come to full maturity, and give yourself credit and support and encouragement for whatever stage that you're in, and thank you for nurturing new and beautiful ideas for the world. And so as the topic presented itself for this episode, you know, it was fascinating to me, and it came up this past Tuesday during a call. As I mentioned, I'm currently in training with the Life Coach School, which in its own accord has been such a fascinating experience in really reinforcing the opportunities I see in osteopathic medicine and the tenets to align with the concepts in coaching and really serve the health of all. And in my weekly call with my peer coach, I was discussing the idea of kind of holding space for myself and seeing some positive shifts in my own behavior. And it was interesting to me that it really came to light as I discussed having puppies in our household which is a new adventure, new adventure in mothering, a new adventure in boundary setting and holding and learning. And what really painted a broad picture for me was talking about the freedom we had experienced the day prior by putting up in the yard some temporary fencing. So we have shared backyard space with neighbors and everything is very closely aligned and two of our neighbors have some fencing and we needed to close that off in order to have a space for the dogs to safely roam. And just that act of putting up a few boundaries, a few clear limits, the experience of being with the dogs changed. And there was this greater ease, this sense of freedom. And I remember saying out loud to my coaching partner, you know, it wasn't until we had clear boundaries that we really could feel free. With boundaries come freedom. And I said in that moment, that's a podcast episode right there. But I wasn't totally sure, you know, how it would flesh out over the course of a full episode and how it would directly relate to health. And as I sat with it and explored it more, it became very clear how much it relates to personal health and professional health and health in systems, health in relationships. And so it was that the concept, the topic for the episode was born through an off-the-cuff conversation about management of two baby dogs. Thinking about boundaries for me, has often felt like a negative connotation. And I think about boundaries as limits. And that was affirmed as I looked up the definition of boundary. The two that pop up first are a line that marks the limits of an area, a dividing line, or a limit of a subject or sphere of activity. And there is a deep-seated part of me that thinks Limits are bad. You know, limits mean can't. Limits show weakness or failure or lack. You know, we often think about limitless. You know, you can do anything you want, and the sky is the limit as a positive. So if we're imposing limits, that would seem detrimental or negative, potentially. But as I see the evolution this osteopathic life, for example, I'm recognizing more and more clearly that limits are really what's going to allow it the freedom to grow. Right now, there are concepts that exist that are very broad and boundless, right? The opportunity is endless, and my instinct is to want to serve everyone and everything in any way possible, which also makes it nearly impossible to actually do anything specific real intangible. And so creating some limits, some boundaries on the offerings is really what's going to allow it to come to fruition. You know, having that fence up, even if it's still a generous surface area that's maintained allows for enough attention, you know, to the soil of the ideas and a small enough area that the resources you know watering it with energy and enthusiasm and time is manageable and sustainable that planting a few diverse crops it's important to have some balance there, but not every species possible it means we can create an environment that can cross pollinate. Enough, but in a small enough surface area that we can really see some development and growth and blooming of the ideas into activities and programs and experiences that can truly serve the health of people. And maybe it's fewer people than my imagination might have intended, but it's more than none which can be the case when an idea is so broad that it becomes intangible and so broad that it's harder to understand or to latch onto or to be familiar with. And so I'm seeing the benefits of a boundary and limiting the sphere of activity to allow for some specificity for appropriate support and growth. And that truly is progress for me thinking about boundaries for self. And on that same Tuesday, I think in a different call, there was some activity happening in the house. I was in a room doing what I was doing. And a lot of times my instinct would be to stop what I was doing, even though I told myself I was dedicating a particular amount of time or part of the day to this task and go out to investigate, to intervene, to offer my support, which can also be viewed as criticism, not trusting that my family could handle what was happening and breaching both my boundary you know, of my own time and task and theirs of having granted me that space and then I step back in and then there's a lot of anger and resentment and frustration that arises. Whereas that same situation could happen, whatever incident or interaction is going on, I could remain in my space, complete the task and utilize the time that I requested for myself, that my family has offered to uphold and maintain for and with me and emerge once it's done, and likely less feelings of anger and resentment and frustration will exist, even if that activity happened and it was unpleasant, there isn't the added layer of having breached boundaries on both sides. You know, so it, it's certainly a level of mutual respect that comes into being able to ask you know, for the time and space that you need to have a given to you. And it takes some reinforcement to encourage maintaining them. And I see this with patients and with friends, with my family, and obviously with myself, that asking for the space and the time and for a boundary to be upheld can feel selfish and indulgent. And we don't do that well. And we tend to be happy to extend, but not always happy to receive or able to receive with ease. It can be difficult to uphold them and to know that even if we know we might have made more work for the other person in removing ourselves or taking this time away or to do something specific, if they agree and if we agree, when they are the asker and we are the one granting the agreement to uphold space, it's you know a violation and it's disrespectful and unhelpful for all to kind of go back on that. And certainly, there's room for flexibility. And certainly, if something horrific had happened, or there was a trauma, or if I was called. For help, emergently, you know, there's room to be human and adjust in those moments. But for the most part, in the majority of circumstances, it will be okay. You know, life will carry on. The situation will resolve with or without you present. And upholding that space for yourself also demonstrates that when the other person is asking for it, you will uphold it for them. And I found that a big role that i have with patients and friends and family is encouraging them to maintain those boundaries and certainly have that echoed back to me and i will say my family is very generous you know i travel a lot for work although not currently and they grant me that space to be and being respectful of that by Honoring it through wholehearted participation in whatever activity is that I'm doing when I am in that away space and offering it back to them, acknowledging it's okay to need your own space and time, and I will be there to uphold that boundary effectively for you when it's needed. Thinking about that flexibility of boundaries and reflecting even on the fencing that we installed, which is currently temporary. And it came to be because the fence that we wanted, the ideal fence, wasn't available. And I hesitated to put in something permanent that wasn't really what I wanted. And so it was helpful to know that there was this middle of the road solution. You know, there was temporary fencing available that is effective, it encloses the yard, the dogs cannot breach it, we can still get in and out. You know, there's access points available and it can also be changed we even changed the configuration recently to help protect a tree you know that the dogs found quite appealing in the yard and it gives us the chance to see is this where we want the fence and how we want the fence and how much higher might we want it in a certain place but also the flexibility to modify it and sometimes there are permanent boundaries right sometimes we're ready to lay anchor and cement the posts into the ground and that can come from our core values and the non negotiables and deal breakers totally appropriate and sometimes we need the flexibility we need a solution now that might not be a hundred percent perfect but it's effective anyway that can still be upheld you know it's strong enough and it's also movable as we grow and evolve and our needs might shift and our awareness and knowledge might grow. Boundaries as a way to allow us to conserve our energy. And in one article I was reading, it talked about conserving our emotional energy. But I could see both, right? Having this fence up in the yard allowed us as the pet owners to conserve our energy of chasing and worry and wonder with the dogs and in relationships. Boundaries, especially when we are clear and communicative about them, allow us to conserve a lot of energy of not having them breached, of not having discussions over and over again about frustration and unmet expectations because we're upholding these limits You know, these limits of our tolerance or our willingness or ability to participate in certain activities. And that saves us, you know, a lot of repeat performances in conversations and gives us freedom in our relationships to know that certain interactions are okay because they're within the bounds of these clearly outlined expectations, Thinking about boundaries between, you know, and having just driven from Oregon to Michigan, thinking about state lines, you know, it was a very clear boundary experience. And also, how you don't know, you know, unless that sign is up on the side of the road saying you're in Minnesota now, what state you might be in and what purpose they serve. and they can be seen as challenging and divisive in creating these 50 unique states with all the different expectations, and particularly in this time of pandemic and seeing the difficulties of managing nationally and on the state and local levels. What are the purpose and the benefit of these boundaries? And it does allow for a sense of identity it allows for a sense of community within them. It allows for the opportunity of engagement between. It allows for choice. You know, you might choose a particular state based on laws that can align with your core values. You're cemented into the ground, personal boundaries. And it allows us to have an awareness of when we're moving between. I think about the boundary between Oregon and California. And when you're driving south into California, there are checkpoints and looking for produce and what can and cannot be brought across these state borders. And sometimes it seems goofy, you know, and especially since some of the food likely came from California, where many of the farms exist. But it also creates this mindful moment. You know, to know that we're making the transition between, to respect what the expectations are of this new place, and it gives opportunity for consideration. And in any situation where we're thinking about boundaries between cultures, ways of life, practices, rules, laws, expectations, it can extend the invitation for us to examine our own more clearly, because sometimes we... Do what we do because we've always done it, you know, and not necessarily in a very conscious or conscientious way. And when we're faced with alternate ways of being, thinking, doing, practicing, upholding, we can reflect more on our own and hopefully consciously decide to choose what we're doing because it does align well with our core values, because it does seem the best practice for us, hopefully for others in the common good or create opportunity for deeper questioning, inquiry, awareness, and understanding, and maybe adapting or modifying what we're doing. Saying, you know, how they're doing it over there can be really helpful. And that seems like something I might not have considered. It might solve some of these challenges I've experienced with my own way of being and being open to modifying or maybe being swayed so much That being exposed to a new practice that is created through the opportunity of a boundary that allows another culture or way of life to exist, and saying, actually, that might be the way to go for me, and engaging or adopting a new practice. And maybe you do that in your own sphere. Maybe it means you move, you know, you step over a boundary and join in a new situation and way of being. And so it creates this consciousness, this mindfulness by drawing our attention to where we are, to where others begin and how there can be different ideas and they can coexist and they can invite us to grow and to learn. Your boundaries create this opportunity For interface. And I think about the oneness of being, you know, and the wholeness of humanity, and the continuum of body, mind, and spirit, and universal connection, and firmly see those and believe in those and see them as a key feature of health, and knowing that how we are and who we are influences the whole, and vice versa. But also holding space for that interface between, and even in those droplets of water in the ocean, there is an interface, you know, between those molecules, and what that can mean for us you know, in humanity, in our relationships, and in our exchange is seeing, knowing, outlining, upholding those boundaries allows for this exchange, you know, allows some dynamism in relationships and through that reflection allows us to see ourselves more clearly thinking about some favorite quotes from Brene Brown and it seems impossible to talk about boundaries without bringing her up and considering boundaries again not to be selfish or limiting in a negative way, but selfish in a preservation of self in order to be sustainable and to serve, you know, the health of the individual, of the community, of the world, and boundaries as courageous. You know, it's not slinking away and saying what you can't do. It's standing tall and saying what you are willing to do, and what you are not willing to do, and that both of those are okay, and you're going to stand by them, and that you will uphold them with and for others, that you will acknowledge and hear and reflect back the boundaries others have outlined. You will serve as a reminder to them when you observe that they might be breaching a boundary they have set, because we often need someone else to remind us Hey, you said this wasn't OK with you. Perhaps you're getting upset because you've stepped beyond you know, what you're willing to do. Maybe we can go back and, you know, draw that line in the sand a little deeper and recognize that it's for your good and the greater good that we stay in the realm of this space. And I think about that in my interaction with patients and friends and family particularly in this coaching realm, you know, helping people to see what their boundaries are and how to maintain them, where they might want to draw them and communicate them clearly. And so I'll share a couple of these key points from Brené Brown who has launched a new podcast called Unlocking Us, highly recommended if you haven't listened to it already. One she says, daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. And this helps so much with that idea of seeing boundaries as selfish or limits as failures or weakness, and rather courageous and self-loving and acknowledging that others might not like it, particularly if you haven't had many boundaries in the past or haven't communicated them clearly. You might've had them in your head as things you might need to do or want to do, but haven't stated them and haven't upheld them. And when you do, it can be challenging for others because again, they have different expectations that may no longer be met. And that can be hard, but is also so necessary for our own sustainability. She also notes that I'm never more courageous than when I'm willing to be imperfect and vulnerable and when I'm willing to set boundaries with the people around me. Imperfect, vulnerable, and boundaries as words of courage. And seeing that fence, whether it's temporary or permanent, of boundaries as a space within which to not get it right every time. You know, To know that in this space, I can experiment and improvise and evolve and grow, and I'm going to fail and get it wrong, but I'm in this safe space, and I'm doing so within these grounds of what I've outlined and identified as manageable for me, and maybe if you keep hitting a margin, then you can shift it, and that's where that flexibility and boundaries can grow, you know? I've come to terms with this. I've made a lot of progress here. I can actually shift this a bit. And you might communicate that to yourself to start, and then ideally to others around you, as you note. I've actually made a big shift here, and I'm willing to move this fence post a little broader, or maybe you need to tighten it up. That was too much. It's overwhelming to have to care for this huge area. I actually need to rein it in and... I'm going to eliminate a few panels, shore it up, and draw that fence line in to a more sustainable method for myself. Thinking about boundaries as part of trust. And in her book, Braving the Wilderness, this comes up a lot. And boundaries are the leading item. So BRAVING, the acronym is Boundaries, Reliability, Accountability, The Vault, Integrity, Non-Judgment, and Generosity, described by Dr. Brown as the anatomy of trust. And thinking about boundaries as that first and such a necessary guidepost in creating trust with ourselves, trust in our interaction with our people, family, professionally, with the world, is so key and critical and acknowledging that it really is in setting up boundaries that we create the freedom and the space of our interactions. Thinking about boundaries as the structure for optimal function is so helpful in knowing that until we have that outline, until we have those key features, we probably aren't going to function at optimal capacity. Because we're going to expend so much energy in wonder and worry and vigilance, you know, and watching for surprise attacks from unexpected circumstances and our responses to them. Whereas if we're clearer, if we have boundaries, if we have that team in place that helps us to set them up and remember them, draws our attention when we might have stepped out of bounds in a loving and Strong but gentle, corrective way. And if we can do that for others, how much freedom we can bring into our world. And so, as I step into this Mother's Day and living the dream, beginning with this podcast, is one task that's within the boundary. And I say that to my family yesterday that that was a goal for me on the day, practicing communicating more clearly what tasks and responsibilities I have, especially in this time when so many usual boundaries of schedule and activity have been removed. You know, we all had our own space and time at work and at school and at practices and all of that has been removed. And so we're in this common space and there's this time continuum that is very blurry and beginning to put more structure and more boundaries in place to all, everyone, the freedom to function at better capacity. So, putting up our schedules and saying to one another, I need this amount of time to get this done. You know, please allow that for me. And what space do you need? And we can allow that for you. You know, it takes a lot more conscious effort. And so, perhaps this is a great time to build those muscles and to practice you know, testing what our boundaries are and to move around those panels of temporary fencing. And if we find the ideal layout and the best materials, maybe lay them in a little more permanently. Use this training ground as the opportunity it can be to create structured space for our optimal function, create the best boundaries for our freedom and find health within. That's all for today. Wishing you a lovely Mother's Day in whatever iteration it brings for you. I thank you for your time and attention and for listening to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beeky. Thank you for listening.